guys, what's up? It is me, Gracie. Uh, I'm using a very fancy microphone right now. I'm in surprisingly not a boy's closet. I am currently inside of the recording space at my college's MassCom building. So if it sounds a little bit different, it is a little bit different. And if you do not like how it's a little bit different, let me know at my Twitter. Whoa. Yes, I finally have a Twitter for the podcast. It is, oh, what is it? Oh, man, that's embarrassing. So the Twitter name is Up at Night Cast because there was actually already an Up at Night podcast, apparently, but it was like disbanded in 2018 and the Twitter account has no tweets and it links off to a website that doesn't exist. So that's really fun. Also, this little router thing next to me because I'm making noise, but I'm not going to turn it off because I'm so scared I'm going to break something in here. It's a problem. This microphone is so good though, I have it plugged into my headphones so I can listen to it, but it's freaking me out so much because it literally picks up every single little noise in the room. Like, that's on the other side of the desk. That's even further away. Like, it's crazy. It's just really weird, but it's really nice. It's a good little microphone. I just have this constant buzzy in the background I gotta deal with in post, but you know. Today I'm gonna talk about Brenda Spencer. Uh, the trigger warnings for today's episode is domestic abuse, shooting, and suicidal ideation, 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 I think it's suicidal ideation, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> uh, most of my research today is from Murderpedia, which is a great source, and if you're like, ah, Wikipedia is not a good source, how is Murderpedia a good source? I don't trust the story anymore. Then I also got some of this information from a Mr. Dr. Peter Langman, who actually wrote a entire, uh, like, was it like a doctor's report? Like, report thing about her. Because you'll see, she has, like, her psyche is really interesting. Um, but yeah, let's just hop right into this fun little thing. Can you hear that? Okay. <laughs> Let's bring the microphone closer to me. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, this is better now. So, Brenda Spencer was at the time a 16-year-old girl who lived in San Diego, California, across the street from the Cleveland Elementary School. That is a very important fact to just kind of tuck away in your noggin for a bit. She was 5'2 and had this super bright red hair. Uh, her classmate actually described her as pretty crummy looking, which like, yeah, she's a murderer, but like, that's still, that's still a rude thing to say to someone, so like, whatever. <laughs> At a very young age, she got into a bike accident that damaged her temporal lobe, which is an important part of the story that I am going to add in, even though it doesn't really have to do with the story of the crimes, just because a lot of killers have that injury. She was very introverted and when she did act out it would be towards authority figures and police officers were her like main hate focus. Uh, she was constantly making comments about shooting police officers and bragging about how she would do it one day. Uh, she would also brag about taking heavy drugs but then she would be unable to talk about the effects of the drugs or what the drugs even looked like. <laughs> And one time, whenever she was arrested, because she got arrested a lot, I'll go into that in a minute, but she also bragged about murdering someone over a drug deal gone wrong, but there was no evidence to support the claim, and none of the people that, like, knew her and were her close, like, friends or family had any idea what she was talking about. I'm gonna burp. Oh my god. 
had any idea what, had any idea what she was talking about, so they just kind of dismissed it. Um, so she was a liar, but she was also a great photographer. Uh, it was kind of her thing, and she even actually won first prize in the Humane Society competition. I could not find what year she won it, but she won it, and that's kind of cool. Uh, her backstory, other than that, is unfortunate. It's very sad, um, but despite me saying that, she is still the villain. Like this, like her being, her having a hard life does not mean that she's not still a villain. Like I know people that have had, no, I know people that have had hard lives and that have overcome it and done something with themselves. And she just, you know, took to murder. So just keep the fact that she's a villain in mind. After her parents' divorce, she lived with her dad, who was a drunk guy, all the, drunkard. I wrote drunkard, but I feel like that was weird to say because it sounds just like really out of character. It sounds like it makes me like a pirate. <laughs> she lived with her dad who lived in poverty and actually kept the two sleeping on a single mattress in the living room. And police would later say that there were battle for battles. Police would <laughs> Jesus. Police would later say that there was bottles of alcohol just kind of like scattered around the house. So her father was just not a great dude. Uh, her mother didn't really care for her daughter after they got divorced. She actually went off and had her own family, so that kind of that kind of sucks. But uh, due to all of this, she did have some mental health issues that were spurred on by her parents' kind of uh, neglect and by some corporal bullying that was done by her classmates. Um, oh, and it felt weird. <laughs> due to all of this, she did have some mental health issues that were spurred on by her parents' neglect and corporal bullying that was done by her classmates. In 1978, she was actually sent to a facility for troubled students for truancy, which just is a fancy word for meaning that she just would never, she just wouldn't go to school. And then that summer, she was arrested for shooting BB guns at Cleveland Elementary, effectively breaking the windows and burglary slash breaking and entering. I tried to figure out where she burglarized or broke into. I believe it could have been the Cleveland Elementary, but it's not specified. It just says that that happened. So, whoa. What was that? <laughs> In December, her probation officer could- Is someone mowing? Someone is mowing right now? Oh my god. This is why I film in a boy's bath- Not a boy's bathroom. This is why I film in a boy's bathroom. No, this is why I film in a boy's closet. In December, her probation officer could see that she was deeply depressed and was going through a lot, so he actually arranged a psych evaluation for her, which then suggested she be admitted into a mental hospital due to suicidal thoughts. Her father, though, refused to let her be admitted. That Christmas, he also gave her a Rugger 10-22 semi-automatic .22 caliber rifle caliber rifle, I know how to say that, with a telescopic sight and 500 rounds of ammunition. For Christmas, she said that she asked him for a radio, uh, but there are reports from her stepsister Teresa saying that that's the exact, like, she asked for that exact gun. But most of my sources did say that she asked for a radio, and her father gave her a gun, which kind of lives up to him as a parent. <laughs> so, you know, moving on with that. On the morning of Monday, January 29th, 1979, Spencer began shooting from her home at children who were waiting outside of the Cleveland Elementary School across the street. I do not have the exact number of how many children were out there. I do know they were under the age of 10. 
but I do not know how many there were. All I know is that eight of the children were injured, but thankfully survived the attack. The attack was premeditated as the day before, she told a friend named Brett Fleming, wait until Monday and see what I'm going to do. It might even be big enough to make the news. Spencer did deny that she said it, but she's kind of fishy and lied a lot. So, sadly, during the attack, Principal Burton Rag, 53, was fatally shot while trying to help the children get inside, and custodian Mike Saucher, who was 56, was also fatally shot after trying to help bring Rag inside. Uh, both men did their duty. Both men did their duty to protect the children, and both men passed as true heroes and helped save all the children involved. After police arrived at the scene, however, what? <laughs> Why did I say however? After police arrived at the scene and Spencer was able to shoot one officer in the neck, but he survived, which is like, wow, that's crazy impressive. Uh, she boarded herself up in her house and would be there for seven hours. In this time, she spoke to a journalist who she gave the infamous quote, um, you probably haven't really understood where this quote's gone to, uh, but it appeared in the beginning of The Breakfast Club, like it was written out on the wall. Uh, it inspired some songs. I believe there's actually a song called I Don't Like Mondays that was inspired by her. Um, so she, the quote is, I don't like Mondays. This was a way to make it a little more exciting. And then she also told police negotiators that she was going to come out swinging. It was believed, it is believed that this was a way to provoke police to shoot her when she did exit the house as a way to die by police force. She was shooting like crazy. She was trying to hit anyone that she could. Um, this was a very like, she wasn't targeting anyone. She was just trying to hit people. She really was just kind of wildly firing. Regardless of all of this, she did end up surrendering at the end of the seven hour standoff and was arrested the same day. She was tried as an adult, even though she was just 16, and pled guilty to the two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon. She was given 25 to life and is still in prison to this day. In prison so far, she has been diagnosed with epilepsy and depression and has been given medication for both. In 1933, she actually became eligible for hearings to consider parole, and so far she has lost four parole hearings. She has tried to say that she was intoxicated during the attack, um, even making jokes about how you shouldn't mix M&Ms with beer, but uh, the police that arrested her said that she showed no sign of intoxication. She didn't seem like she was on any drugs. She was totally of sound mind and was trying to make it like seem like it was all a big joke. And then she also tried to appeal in 2001. Why does saying 2001 sound so weird? Like, for some reason, I'm just, I guess I'm just so used to saying, like, 2019 or something, but it's just, like, 2001, which just is a, anyway, it's a mouthful. She also tried to appeal in 2001, saying her father abused and assaulted her, but it was dismissed, as it has never been brought up before, and as I said earlier, she did go through a few different uh, times with police. Her father also did deny it, which, like, I'm not going to take his word if he denied it because again he was a terrible man he was a drunkard it would make sense but I'm I don't know because it's kind of one of those things that like there's no real truth to right now after being denied again in 2009 she would not be considered for parole again until 2019 which whoa is this year 
So far, there has been no parole hearing date set, and due to the recent upswing of school shootings, it is much more unlikely she will be released. Um, and it is also worth noting that she reportedly does feel responsible for the shootings as well. Uh, yeah, that was the story of, of Brenda Spencer. It's kind of short because, again, I didn't really have that much time. And fun fact, this is actually the story that inspired me to start this podcast. I originally heard about it from a YouTuber. It's just so crazy that somebody who's in this much pain immediately reacts to that pain by deciding to cause pain to other people, which I think is both selfish and insanely immature. And it does prove to the fact that she was just 16, but that also doesn't mean shit. She murdered two men who did not deserve what happened to them. Principal Rag and Mike Sosher. I'm so, I'm butchering that name. I'm so sorry. I'm really, I'm trying. But they did not deserve the fate that was brought to them just from this immature girl who was just trying to blow off some steam in the worst way possible. And of course, I could sit here and be like, this is why we need gun reform. But everyone knows that at this point. If you don't think we need any type of gun reform, then you just haven't been paying attention. But I don't, I don't want to talk about that right now because... I can't convince you that that's what we need. If you don't believe it right now, me sitting here behind a microphone in a, a college building is not going to help you believe it anymore. But what I do want to talk about is how her parents handled her mental illnesses was not at all appropriate because her mother knew about a lot of the things that were happening as the school, ooh, as the school and as uh people around her that were experiencing kind of her outbursts would tell both of the parents and neither of them really cared and I do think that we live in a more fortunate society right now where children's mental health is being taken a little bit more seriously and it's something that we need to continue to grow on because kids nowadays do go through things like we can't pretend they don't in this society there's terrible things happening I can't even imagine being a child and seeing all these shootings and being like oh that could be me. It just, it's unfortunate and it sucks. And we need to start taking these kids' mental health and these kids' well-being more seriously, not just their physical safety, but their mental safety as well, because all of this can take a real toll on someone's life. Oh, I just realized there's a door outside. And so each time that it closes, the whole room goes, dum, 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 dum. law and order. Oh, anyways, my roommates watch that a lot, so. Oh, but yeah, that's the end of my story. Um, that's the end of my spiel. So take away anything from this episode. Care more about kids' mental health. Listen to them. If they say that they have anxiety, hear them out. If they say that they're going through something, hear them out. You can't just dismiss other people's problems because you think yours are worse. Boom. There. I said it. Whoa. Why did you say that? Because it's true. So yeah, this is a little bit shorter episode today. I guess it's just kind of actually just a shorter story. It's not a shorter episode, but the story's kind of small just because there's, like, not that much else to it. Like, there was this girl who had problems, and she took it on the wrong people. So, my happy thing for the day is that I get to make a fun podcast. Yay! That's going to be mine for a little bit because (laughs) I'm very stressed out right now and I'm very overwhelmed. But, hey, I'm still making time for this because it's fun and I like doing it. So yeah, I guess my my hooray for the day is that I get to make this super fun podcast despite being stressed. I get to hang out with my friends and do fun stuff with them. I got to see a really fun comedy show over the weekend with my sister. I talked about it, I think, last episode. It was really awesome. It was super funny. Um, Just in case anyone out here is listening, 
that uh, is young and wants to go to a comedy show, don't try to talk to the people in the show. You silly, silly goose. That's not how things work. At comedy shows, you sit there politely and laugh at funny jokes. They don't need your suggestions. But yes, the show was amazing. I had a lot of fun. The driving was kind of intense, but honestly, worth it. Yeah, so that's my that's my good thing for the end of the episode. And my other good thing is that I do have a Twitter. <laughs> I have the my podcast Twitter, which is a bit nightcast, which is um, it's not gravy. You can either follow either of them and send me some fun suggestion ideas. I prefer if you follow my podcast though, just because I want my, more people to follow my podcast. Like if you're listening to this, follow my podcast. Forget about my personal. Follow the podcast, please. I need more followers. So I'm going to try and post more episodes on there and kind of do more plugging. I actually currently do have a poll up about when I should post the videos, if it should stay on Thursdays at noon, if it should be moved to, I think, Mondays at noon or Tuesdays at noon. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Grace Porter. I don't know why I decided to end it like that. (laughs) And I will speak to you the next time I can't sleep. Bye, guys. Do you hear that? Do you hear this microphone? This sounds crazy, oh my god. (laughs) 